Great to visit with you, and uh, another exciting game ahead. I mean, that's the thing about the Big 12, John. As rare as this is to get off to a uh, a, a, a rough start, which is you know extremely rare for you guys, you don't have time to kind of hang your head, do you, uh, as you get ready to go against this hot Kansas State team? Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, when you sign up for sports, I know it's – sometimes impossible for people to understand but there's a winner and a loser each game and uh when you sign up to play in the big 12 it's even more harsh it's the best league in the country there's nobody outside the top five 50 and uh you know in the net rating uh every night's war whether you're at home or on the road uh, we've got a bunch of brand for says this all the time we've got an old league and um when you when you show up and there's 24 year year olds on the floor it just changes things and so We've got three freshmen we're playing, and we're learning what it means to, to go 1-0 and each time and to show up. And um, Saturday is a good opportunity for us to grow up even more against a good Kansas State team. Can you build on that first half the other night, though? I mean, when you're showing film, and you, you hate to lose that game, but the, the threes were falling. The ball was moving. Uh, you guys raced out to a nice big lead. They got it to 10, I believe, at halftime. I mean, there are, certain, there are obviously things that you can show that, hey, guys, look at us when we're doing everything we need to do. Now, again, part of this is there are going to be nights when the shots aren't falling, and then you got to decide, okay, what do, we, what do we do now? But I would think there are some things that you saw against TCU that you could certainly build on from a positive standpoint. Yeah, you're a smart man for sure. And uh, you've known Scott a lot longer than you've known me. And for 20 years, Scott has chosen to coach a certain way. And as the culture coaches through negativity and some other ways, Scott's always coached through positivity. So we, we certainly show negative film. We certainly confront and hold kids accountable. But there's always going to be a huge element in our program where we show what was done correctly. And uh, the first half was a good half for us. They shot just uh, 40% from the field. We were elite from the field. Uh, we, we did a good job of moving the basketball. It's, it's how we want to play offensively. I mean, overall, we scored 118 points per 100 possessions on the offensive end. I think it's pretty clear that if we got back on defense, the outcome could have been different. So we're going to focus on the positive. We're going to learn that. We're going to use positive and negative clips in the process. Uh, but you know Scott, you know Scott longer than you know me and, and longer than I've known Scott. He's going to keep finding a way, and uh, we always have, and he will, and the players will follow him, and it, it's a good opportunity. But TCU should be undefeated. You know, their backcourt was injured in the only game that they played. That's a top-ten team. And um, the truth is is that their average age is like 22. And so that's a great experience for us that we need to build off of. But if we can play like that against them in the first half, and we play as good as anybody in the country. And the reality is the team that played Gonzaga and UCLA is inside that locker room. And we're going we're gonna to recall those good moments as much as we're going to harp on the bad moments. But we'll do both, and Scott will find the right balance. What do you do when, when Mike Miles is doing what he was doing the other night? He's a great player. You were bringing it up about some of those guards. The, some of those blow-bys – I mean, of course, we measure uh, uh, against some of these guards, like even from a couple of years ago. I mean, Davion was—you saw that possession in the NBA the other night. He guarded like five different people, 
and it's probably unfair to your current guys to always measure against those types of guys. But we, I'm, I'm sure you saw other night too many blow buys. Is that is that? Hey guys, we've got to do better in terms of moving our feet one on one. Is it got to be better help defense? What is the answer when you when you play one of those high octane uh, octane teams? And, and, and they're racing by you. Is it is it kind of a combination of those things that I brought up? Yeah, one, it's great to recall Davion. And um, if we're being honest, and I think uh, we can do that, Davion is probably the finest on-ball point guard defender in the last decade. And I understand that we won a national championship, and he was the spearhead of that. And... Um, the, the truth is, is that very rarely do point guards win defensive players of the year. And he won national defensive player of the year. So you're comparing what we currently have to a generational freak. And that's awesome. One of the greatest founders of my life and our staff's life is that we got to coach Davion and uh, win a national championship together. But so much of this isn't about name. It's not even about... Um, what you think of him or our, our, our current guards. It's not, it's not a comparison game. It's just about effort and our guys got to get back and we've drilled it. We've covered it and you should see improvement from it. And Mike miles, in my opinion, is an NBA guard. And if you try to stop him with one person, it's not going to be enough. And the wall wasn't built and the guys got to learn from it. Hopefully that'll be a humbling process. And the truth is, is that, I think between Iowa State and TCU, we got better. And sometimes in life, people look at the last shot and they say, if O'Bannon missed that shot and Keontae made his shot, would this be a completely different conversation between you and I? And it's our job to be level-headed and to find enough that we can build on. And we're going to keep building. And certainly Mike, I think, is an NBA player and taught us a few lessons. We're going to thank him for those lessons, and the next time we play, we'll be more prepared. But... um we're going to move on to K-State, and we can't go back in time. And I think the guys have responded well to the lessons that they've learned. John Jake, associate head basketball coach for the Baylor Bears, joining the Matt Mosley Show. And um, I'll move on to K-State with you. And I'm thinking about uh, Coach Tang coming in. And uh, there's a lot of emotion attached to that. I had him on the show Wednesday and uh, obviously, y'all think the world of him, but you got to go win a basketball game. I am kind of curious, though, before we talk about their team, what is the protocol on this? Like, do y'all, when you're playing, because this is a new thing for y'all, is it like as of Wednesday or as of yesterday, no texting back and forth? Obviously, you'll give him a hug at the game. What? what how do you handle that with knowing your staff always loves keeping up with Jerome and checking in with him? Maybe everybody on our staff handles it differently. I'm I'm the kind of guy that's not really going to change at all. So I saw Coach Tang in our weight room today, and we talked for 15 minutes. I gave him a hug and told him I loved him. And, um, you know, there's a former GA of ours that's on his staff named Austin Carpenter. And 10 minutes before uh, you and I got on the phone, Austin and, and I were uh, texting each other like we're best friends. Austin came here and had worked for Oklahoma football and never really been part of basketball. And we taught him to coach and he was LJ Cryer's GA. And he's one of the most special young Christian men I've ever mentored. And to see him with coach Tang and see the both of them having success means a lot to me. And, uh, you know, I've done this with Gonzaga before because I've worked with them and we played three times 
And every single time we've played the night before, we've hung out the day before I've seen them. Literally nothing is going to impact uh, the friendship or the relationship. And up until the moment of the game, we're going to talk. And it's their players versus our players. I don't think Jerome and Scott are going to put jerseys on. That'd be an ugly basketball game, and nobody wants to see that. So <laughs> we're going to coach our side. They're going to coach their side, and we're going to see which kids execute. I don't think that coach <laughs> forgot how to coach. Uh, I, I'm pretty certain Scott True knows exactly what he's doing. And the same guy that won 23 games in a row in the Big 12 is the same guy that is currently leading the team through these past two games. So, um we're going to be just fine. The relationship's going to stand strong. And I know tension exists in other rivalries or when other coaches change locations, uh, it goes downhill, but that's not our coaching tree, whether it's Paul Mills or Grant McCaslin, my buddies at Arizona or Gonzaga, Jerome Tang. Um, it really doesn't matter. Coach Driscoll at North Florida, you never root against your own coaching tree, except for maybe the two hours that you play. All right, I was just trying to imagine that one-on-one matchup between Scott and Jerome, and I feel like Jerome would try to take him down on the low block and work him over a little bit. Who Who's the better shooter between those two? I'll tell you this story. Scott never really shoots in practice. You know, the guys don't even, I think, see him shoot. And we were on the road, and they were doing a drill, so he had to step in the corner, and the guy, the manager in the corner had to take a shot. So Scott took two shots and made them both. And the guys freaked out because it's the first time they ever saw him, saw him shoot and both went in. So currently in our players' minds, he's a hundred percent shooter and as good a player as Jerome was, I don't think he shoots a hundred percent. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> were you, were you involved in a workout in the weight room or were y'all just kind of in there visiting? I mean, I've known you to, you're someone who likes to throw up some weight, but I think you like to do that early in the mornings. Were you in the middle of a, a Jacus-type uh, workout when, when Jerome came rolling through there? Yeah, I worked out this morning, and we let them use the women's practice facility. We didn't make them go work out at a high school, which is probably what would normally occur, but we're the opposite of the rest of the world. He was in our practice facility. And beforehand, uh, I was in there, and... Before Jerome got the job, Jerome and I would lift weights every day at 8 a.m. together. And we would listen to our worship music, and we would hang out. And then we would talk and argue for about 10 minutes before we saw Scott start the day. And then we would go into the meeting and tell him our thoughts. But (laughs) Jerome and I spent so much time together in the morning listening to that music and lifting weights. that it's a normal part of our life. The other guy that was there with us was A.D., who's currently with the Suns. So... I know that people judge our lives based on the outcome of Saturday, but, you know, God loves us. You know, we're, we're truly loved, and the outcome of our lives is not dictated by Saturday. It's dictated by the days and years that we spent coaching together. And um, some of the sweetest moments of my life have been together on the same sideline as Jerome. And um, the offense and defensive battles that we had all the time in practice is an extension of a friendship that nobody maybe outside of our walls, understands. So uh, when I tell you I'm playing more than a friend, we're playing a brother tomorrow, I mean it. And um, to see him back in the weight room where we spent so much time together every morning meant a lot to me this morning. Well, that's pretty cool. And uh, I'm trying to imagine what worship, if it's like a Hillsong-type praise uh, tunes. Or if you're going... song. There's been some Maverick City music. Uh, you know, Jerome's got a couple that uh, – 
you and I probably don't even understand, but uh, he'd be singing and dancing. And when I say literally singing and dancing while we were lifting weights in between his bench press sets, he was dancing. So, um, yeah, we don't dance quite as much as he does. So we'll see. We're going to try to keep him from dancing tomorrow for a couple hours, but I don't ever want to stop that in the long run. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Boy, it sounds like maybe the Winans and Al Green might get involved, but that's a uh, that's a playlist <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to dip into. All right, uh, last thing I had for you. So when you look at K State right now, and well, they put up a huge amount of points against the Longhorns the other night. They are on a roll. Uh, this is an interesting team because you can't really look at last year. I guess you got Marquise Noel and Masood. Uh, Masood may still be there, but for the most part, completely new team what really stands out to you about uh about this uh, k-state team well the thing that really jumps out at you is the two guys i don't know if they're 23 or 24 but the two older guys um maybe the greatest story in college basketball this year is the Keontae johnson story uh he almost died on the court came back and is currently playing now and uh one of the most dangerous players in our league averaging 23 points a game in his two big 12 games and then the six-year point guard, Marquise Noel, because of COVID, was able to stay for six years. So the sneaky thing about them is that they've got these two really old, developed, strong players. So when he overhauled the roster and only kept two or three guys, the main thing he did is he stayed old. He got an Arkansas transfer. He got a Louisiana, is what he would call one of them, and Cam Carter. And um, they did a good job of, of building a team quick, which is what you can do with the transfer portal now, it's free agency. Kids don't have to sit out a year. So above all else, the fact that they got old fast and those two 23- or 24-year-olds are such good players, uh, they've got a chance in every game that they play. Well, I tell you, I uh, I love visiting with you, and uh, this will be an exciting game tomorrow. And, and like you say, that's, but it's really awesome to hear you uh, – talk about your friendship and uh and how sincere and genuine all that is and uh it's 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 a little awkward when you have to play somebody twice that you love so much um but the truth is you know you guys don't let that interfere at all so uh very appreciative and i admire that kind of thing and uh i can't wait to uh watch you guys do battle tomorrow and hope the bears i mean can bounce back <clears throat> and uh and and, and that, I, I guess the greatest thing coach is it's it's the it's the beginning of conference. If you're going to go through a little lull, you'd way rather have it early happen early than late. And I feel like that's something you and I've talked about before. Yeah, you you don't want to go through it at all. But the truth is, is that hard times and pressure is actually what leads to greatness and diamonds. And people want to avoid that too much in life. And we have 18 to 22 year old kids, and our job has much more to do with them than just basketball. And there's some character things that need to be established in them long-term, help them be good husbands and good fathers. And we're doing two things here. We're not just winning games. We're building men. And you got to take these opportunities when, when the small things come into play like this and be great, not just on the floor but, but off. And a nice little friendly reminder because we're such great friends. We are currently 10-4, and four, not 4-10. Four and 10. And so we're going to give our guys a chance to bounce back tomorrow and believe that the good they've done for those 10 games is going to show and come through to that television tomorrow. Okay. Don't be afraid to mix in some old Rich Mullins or, or uh, Steve Green <laughs> or Stephen Curtis, All right. okay? All right. And yeah. Wayne Watson, we even. Watercolor ponies. 
Yeah, You're yeah. Those surprising are... me with your uh, your knowledge. This is this is impressive. No, we we in a lot of ways we do come from the same place. So, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, great to visit with you, and uh, we will see you tomorrow, Coach. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Appreciate all you do for us. You bet. There he goes, John Jacobs.